Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on, we would like to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, plus there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Presented by AfterBuzz TV, where integral members of the WWE, Kathy Kelly, Sonya Deville, and Christy St. Cloud started their careers. This is Women's Pro Wrestling Weekly, the first online pro wrestling show dedicated to all things women's pro wrestling, showcasing news and interviews with top superstars in the industry. And now, AfterBuzz's own gorgeous hosts of wrestling. Bonjour, you are watching Women's Wrestling Weekly, the number one show yeah. talking about women's wrestling on the planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, name is, my name is TK Trinidad, a.k.a. the Canadian Assassin. <laughs> uh, we also have, I'll uh, we'll kind of go back into forward a little bit. Can we quiet storm? Can we, can we quiet storm, Sarah <laughs> quiet, the Rebel? Quiet storm? Yes. The quiet storm, <laughs> a.k.a. Yeah, Sarah the Rebel. To the quiet storm. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, America's chocolate sweetheart, Evan T. Mack. What's going on, TK? And, of course, if you haven't saw, but we have nothing but amazing guests on the show. We have one of the original members of GLOW. Not Netflix Glow. If you don't know what we're talking about, you guys need to go back. Yeah, yeah. Educate, yourself. educate yourself. Check mm. it out. We have Little Egypt in the house with us. Hi, everybody. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to be here. I know. It's like Glow feelings. <laughs> um, so, kind of let's just get it kind of into it. So, you were on um, season season one and two. That's correct. Of, of Glow. Uh-huh. Um, I did watch the documentary, and one thing that kind of stood out to me, because uh, WoW is up as well, and um, they didn't get to, or David McClayton actually declined interviewing with them. Is there a, do you know what was the reason behind that? It wasn't because he didn't want to tell his story, and we actually brought David into the AfterBuzz studio, where if you kind of go down the AfterBuzz rabbit hole mm-hmm. into the season one of Glow on Netflix, you'll see an interview with David, and he breaks it down. Um, all the details, and he gives his 411 on his own thoughts about GLOW during that time. Mm-hmm. It was a personal choice, and that's perfectly okay. The timing just didn't fit. Okay. But he, he's 100% supportive of all of us. Okay, so it's not because, like, the reasons why, or the, the alleged reasons why he stepped away or any of that stuff. It was more just... No, okay. yeah, not at all. Okay. Yeah, just didn't, we just couldn't click it, but he, he tells, he, he gives a big insight on the on his perspective of GLOW during that time in his life, if you go watch that video. And also, for you guys who don't know, Little Egypt also hosts the After After Buzz after show for GLOW. And you did season one, and you're back again to do season two. Yes. Amazing guest. I think you had Mark Maron on. I know, right? Big deal. That, he interviewed the president. I mean. I know, right? It's crazy. The president Uh, came to his garage. I know. For the It's crazy. It's crazy. And just on a side note, he was just cast as Batman in the new um, Joaquin Phoenix movie. Wait. No, not Batman. <laughs> I was about to say, that would have like, been the most breaking of breaking news. That's how badass he is. <laughs> he is Batman. Man. And Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker. <laughs> that would have been amazing. scratch that, reverse it. Okay, all right. Okay. I was like, wait, back so, in wait, business. Wait, so what, what is he? What is he in the Batman movie? Uh, Joker. Okay, so, like, oh, nice. Oh, is that a big deal? That's that a is, big that's budget movie. Huge. Huge, 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 huge. 
It's going to be like one of so. the long, like anybody who plays any of those superhero characters, mm-hmm. villains or not, yeah. they, you kind of remember them, oh, the God, time, yeah. mark, the yeah. time mark out of it all. Um, so tell us kind of what your overall, I know you kind of do the after show and stuff, but kind of what's your overall feeling of um, glow of what, when you were in it versus the glow of Netflix? Okay, that's a great question. So for those of you who have only watched Glow Netflix and they're like, this is kind of cool. It's a dramedy. What does that mean? And how how closely does it resemble like what exactly happened mm. to us? I think there was it was probably darker what happened to us. Mm-hmm. It was also we were pioneering. And when you're pioneering, it's you don't know you're pioneering. Right. When you're pioneering, it's just like stress and just confusion and you're trying to survive. And that's Mm -hmm. that's what the atmosphere was for all of us. So I love that they're taking a funny spin on it because it holds the audience better. Like, I don't know how much, you know, how much tragedy someone wants to see on a on a weekly basis. So I absolutely love that they're they've they're doing it as a dramedy. Mm -hmm. And as far as it is loosely based, and there is absolutely no confusion with most of us, Mm -hmm. like that there are some character similarities, but there is definitely not like complete 100% knockoffs. There's a a lot of merging of characters. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that? Yeah. Have you watched, are you familiar with Glow, the original show? I watched, well, see, going up in Canada, as far as I know, we didn't have that, so I didn't Uh, see it, I didn't know of it, until I started doing more wrestling stuff. Yeah. So I kind of saw a lot of the stuff on um, YouTube, stuff like that. But it's definitely, I don't know if you guys remember, there was like a roller derby thing that happened Uh at that time. It's definitely reminiscent of that to me. Yeah. But we didn't have, as far as I know, let me know. You guys in Canada, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see. I had no knowledge of it, but it's still amazing to see women do those type of stuff. And then also, uh, Ivory in her. What I want to also bring up too, Ivory in her um, Hall of Fame, acceptance. Ivory in her uh, Hall of Fame acceptance speech. She actually brought that up. Yeah. Now, were you aware when she brought it up, or did somebody have to tell you? And how did you feel about that? I actually got a message on Facebook from a fan that she gave my husband and I a shout out and. Um, that was really beautiful. I love Lisa Moretti. She wrestled as Tina Ferrari, went mm-hmm. on to be Ivory. And when I say WWE, WWF, it was WWF at the time, right. but it was the beginning of the Diva division where she actually was the only one to take the belt away from China, which was a very cool deal. Mm-hmm. And long coming. I am absolutely so excited that she's finally in the hall. Should she have been there 10 years ago? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But hey, you know, I can't complain that she's in there now and yeah. did the popularity of glow maybe have something to do with it i don't know ask naomi glow like look at what they're look at the influence look at them bringing the cast into yeah. like the wwe production mm-hmm. because they're they're bridging themselves to that piece of history which i am excited about and you know if you can't beat them join them i love that <laughs> mm-hmm. so let's you know i'm embracing that and i hope they continue to embrace these new members of GLOW, which we call our sisterhood. You know, Mm -hmm. these are the new girls that are trailblazing for us, you know, and keeping our legacy alive. Because if it wasn't for GLOW Netflix, we would still be in the rabbit hole and Mm -hmm. we would still have our fan base of, you know, several hundred thousand people that take it back to their childhood and for them it's just like watching Gilligan's Island right Right. like that feeling you get when you're like watching Bewitched or Mm -hmm. something absolutely and so for for us it's like we've just been put you know on steroids you know we've just been sent out into outer space and we're thrilled because one of the reasons that I do what I do with the with glow is to preserve that legacy and that's what compelled me to become one of the producers on the documentary 
It's wonderful. So, like speaking, because you said the word diva, we um, we kind of talk about mm-hmm. the, the word diva. Like, what does that mean to you? Is that do you feel like that's a negative connotation connected to women wrestlers back when they used to call them that? Like, what is your take on that word as far as referring to you guys as divas? Like, you know, when WWE was saying that, like, what do you think about that word? So, for me, when I say the word diva, I'm specifically referencing WWE and their women's division. Mm-hmm. Just like when I say knockouts, I'm specifically represent, mm-hmm. um, talking about the TNA and that female division. Mm-hmm. So, when I talk about GLOW, and specifically talking about mm-hmm. that female promotion. So, for me, when I say diva, I'm only relating it to a segment of time, you know, mm-hmm. where that's what that means to me. Now, but does uh, it mean something to you? Are you guys all like we, up in arms about it? Was it? Interesting like, should we not say diva anymore? Yeah, that's that, that was all sorts of different opinions. Yeah, that's that's why I wanted to get yours, yeah. your take, because we it, we it brought up a few times on the show, and and we all have different like thought process yeah. on like diva being a negative connotation, and then one of the wrestlers we had were like, don't do not. Yeah. Call, Call me a, me a diva. diva. Yeah. What yeah. would they like to be called? What is the new I just, thing? I think it's just women's wrestler. 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 Oh, but that's okay. the same thing you could say with like knockout. Or knockout could be considered, you know, something, you know. And I think it's just to each his own. Yeah. Um, and if the women in that organization decide that's on a whole, that's what they don't want to be yeah. called. Well, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're there. It's Absolutely. And I'll respect that. Yeah. I'll respect that. I do have a lot of friends that wrestled during that time for WWE. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of use that word back and forth as if it were just like we're referencing a period of time. And that's what mm-hmm. that period of time represented in wrestling history. Now, you said you're a part of you're a producer for the documentary mm-hmm. um, for the Netflix, um, because I, from what I heard, I believe when uh, Kia Stevens um, was kind of casted for Netflix, they didn't know she was a wrestler. You're kidding. That's How did what, they not know that? That's that's one of the articles I read. Don't quote wow. me on it, but I think that's kind of what the whole thing is. Mm. So after kind of, I don't know if the people finally did their research and realized, mm. you know, kind of tied it in together. Did anybody contact you as far as kind of getting your impact, your input on, on the show? Uh, not, uh, no, absolutely no contact whatsoever. Babe Ursula Hayden, mm-hmm. okay, she played Babe the Farmer's Daughter, mm-hmm. has the rights to the trademark of GLOW. Oh, wow. So That's she cool. was on set every day. She was still on set during season two. Mm-hmm. It was, it's kind of like her baby with the with the writers. Okay. They, they, the writers walked it into Netflix, but it took about a year of negotiations between the writers and Babe to kind of all come to an agreement on, like, how is this going to be? put forward and then I mean it was like a huge process. Mm-hmm. There was no reason to have all of us over there giving a giving our opinions right. on like what it was like for each of us individually because I think over the course of those 4 years we did 500 matches, 100 taped shows. I know Lisa Moretti said in her acceptance speech that there were close to 80, but I think there was close to 60 girls cast. Mm-hmm. For this, uh, for this show, and you know what? That's sixty opinions that Netflix probably didn't need to have, right? right? Now you yes. said Babe was she has the, the rights to Glow, the, to the trademark, to the trademark Glow. Mm-hmm. So I think according to the documentary, she was dating David at the time, Rickless. Okay, yeah. So now, why didn't or I don't know if you can answer this. So she has the rights to it. So why didn't like David McLean get the rights to it? So it's just kind of whoever came to it first. Or? So David left in season two, mm-hmm. and actually the end of season two. I I came in at the end of season one, stayed through all of season two before I got hurt, and we just all had this real big family connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when things were kind of coming apart between David McLean and Matt Simber, mm-hmm. David left and he took the entire cast except for Nanuchka, Fiji, 
um, maybe like there might have been four wrestlers that's that stayed back. Right. Hollywood was one of them, and those those wrestlers went on to seasons three and four, mm-hmm. and we went on the Pow Tour, Powerful Women of Wrestling, mm-hmm. which was a road show, and we filmed it. So actually, Lisa Moretti I think has all the tapes in her garage somewhere, mm-hmm. and those were the tapes that her and David kind of got together and used for her audition into the WWE. Oh, wow. So it's like okay. a really oh. amazing story. Mm-hmm. This rabbit hole is so deep. I think you can find some. POW matches online on YouTube as well. Yeah. I think I've seen them before. I went on the POW tour uh, with like the whole cast. We, we had the same like basic characters so mm-hmm. I was still a belly dancer. It had a blue outfit instead of an orange one and you know the California dolls still had like the California theme. We all had mm-hmm. the same themes and we went on the POW tour. It was all filmed but never really could sell it. Never really did what Glow could do, right. which was so interesting when you look at this product, right? This product was a variety show uh, with a wrestling theme, mm-hmm. right? And it was one hour. Like, we held an audience for an hour. And if it's we crazy. weren't good at what we did, if we didn't, you know, if we couldn't keep an audience, then we wouldn't have lasted four seasons. Absolutely. And at the end of the, at the end of the, end of the fourth season it didn't stop because we couldn't continue the viewership Mm -hmm. it was just matt was tired and things were just everyone was just at the point of exhaustion Mm -hmm. there was a lot of matches Mm -hmm. and it was just time to let that go we had at that point over six million viewers watching our show a week and this was back in the 80s that's a lot of viewership absolutely what people don't know is that after glow ended in season four we went into global syndication so we were in third world countries you know we were they sold seasons one and two Mm -hmm. into global syndication which is why there are some girls that have huge fan Followings, and that's because they were seen in a broader market. Right, right. So and that was a lot for of like ten years, wasn't it? Ten years. Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing your research. <laughs> Look at you, TK. This is, this is what we do. She always yeah, does. yeah. Do Good for you. So yeah. So essentially, now you have Wow also in yeah. the mix too. Have you been able to? Have you been on set with there? Yes. I know, can I? I don't know. Can I announce anything? No. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, so <laughs> no. no. That means nothing. <laughs> that means nothing. Um, so have you kind of been on the set there? Have you spoken to Absolutely. any of the girls there? Oh my gosh, yeah. And I love those girls. Um, the I've been, I think, to two tapings, and David's always so gracious. He always has a seat for me up front, and it's really, really fun. I love the new girls. A lot of them I see at the Cauliflower Alley Club reunion, which mm-hmm. is a, it's a wrestling reunion that happens once a year in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And so this is how I got to know, like, the talent that's working today, like Santana yeah. and mm-hmm. some of the other girls. again, I think, this year. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. What a talent. So, and she just took the, I think, the uh, female. Yeah, the Cauliflower Alley. Women's wrestling, wrestling award. Award. Yes. yeah, which was mm-hmm. a big deal, and David was there for that. So, yes, I am very much involved in supporting that that promotion, one hundred percent. David's a very good friend of mine. I love that man so dearly. Mm-hmm. He's just so good for the industry. Mm-hmm. He's so good for women. I don't think he gets the respect he deserves for the work that he's put into this, but he doesn't look for respect either. He's like the last thing he wants to do is have anyone call attention to him when what he wants to do is call attention to the women. Right. And isn't that he's very gracious. But it's also great on your part for, you know, bringing glow, the documentary and kind of kind of holding legacy up because if yeah. nobody were yes. able to do that there's going to be a whole generation of people that just think it's just Netflix glow. 
yeah, without question. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. that's you well know, said. The history though. is important. That's well said because that that's to me the best part about the show is is calling attention to the history of Glow, and that that's a hell of a point. Because <laughs> I was thinking about that because things get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people were talking to me. Evan, you see Glow? Go, yeah, you know that's you know that's based on like you know there's like real Glow, right? So I'm like, what, really? So that kind of gives a person that. that perspective to go look up this thing and, yes. and get that yes. and just and just get that context and yeah. enjoy the show even more. I, I'm so, and that's what we want, and that's what the cast that the cast today of Glow Netflix mm-hmm. wants everyone to go down that Glow rabbit hole. The documentary I started it with just Brett Brett Whitcomb. He was the director, and Brad Thomason, who was the producer. They were these two guys from Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. working at a college, right? And they had just done a couple other documentaries, and they were thinking, what could we do a documentary on that would be kind of cool, um, something that people haven't thought about in a long time. They just went scrolling through YouTube mm-hmm. and then somehow Glow came up and they remembered watching Glow and they are like, oh, it would be so cool. So they got uh, a hold of Babe and mm-hmm. worked out the details and they started to put together the very first interview, which I was at. And mm-hmm. when I got there, there were six girls. And I, I, I came because I heard Matilda the Hun was going to be there and mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in forever. I wrestled her like crazy, you know, because a little girl with a big girl looks right. really good yeah. on camera. And then I heard Hollywood was going to be there. I was like, oh, my God, I can't. Uh, it's just Hollywood and Matilda. It's worth it. So I drove from Vegas to Los Angeles to give my interview with mm-hmm. Brad and Brett. I watched Matilda come out of her van in a wheelchair and mm-hmm. my heart like wow. broke. And then I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm told that Fiji was in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. And I was like this giant who I wouldn't be a wrestler if it wasn't for this woman. Wow. And my heart, I mean, just the tears would just stream out of my face and that's what in the documentary all I do is cry in that documentary <laughs> but I couldn't help it because mm-hmm. I had a great life after Glow yeah. and I thought that everyone had a great life mm. after Glow and then I told the producer Brad I was like how many other interviews do you have and he was like well this is all we have and I thought wait a minute you're about ready to preserve our legacy for forever mm-hmm. and we need to have this story told by more than six people yeah I said, can you give me time? Let me go find these girls. And if they wanted to, if they were just looking for a payday, they could have had this documentary in the can in six months Mm -hmm. because they had enough footage from Babe and they got a few interviews. They could have sent it out, got their DVD sales. But they were looking for an authentic, organic story, too. Mm -hmm. They worked with me for two and a half years. I found 40 out of the 60 girls. In the reunion shot, when you saw mm-hmm. them, those girls came because, like, I, I was a realtor at the time. And I was a, I had access to tax rolls. I had access to names. And I was using that as my leverage to get into these families. Mm-hmm. And I knew because I was a wrestler, they weren't going to think that it was some creepy fan trying right. to find them. I was, this is Little Egypt, and I'm looking for California Doll. Oh, and and um, I can't remember her name, yeah. <laughs> I think. But I remember you knew her. And so and then one, one girl led to another girl. Like, I found... Uh, from Americana, I found Royal Hawaiian. From California Doll, I found Amy, the farmer's daughter. Like, I, one person led to another. And then the girls that you saw at that reunion scene, a lot of them have, want nothing to do with, like, having an online presence uh-huh. for social media reasons. But when they heard that Fiji was going to be there, that she was in a nursing home, and that this could be the last time she could see all of us together, they, they booked their own flights. Yeah. We didn't have a budget. This wasn't a budget documentary. Mm-hmm. This is the lowest budget time. Doc- we had to fundraise at the end of the documentary just for song rights. You oh know, we gosh. did a Kickstarter wow. to get to get some last minute cash. And then 
through the executive producer Jason Connell and and Brad Whitcomb and and Brett, uh, Brad Brad Thomason and Brett Whitcomb. Sometimes I talk too fast; my mind doesn't work as well <laughs> as my mouth. They took it to Netflix. Mm-hmm. After we had a year and a half of a film festival run, it was a, such a successful film festival run. We won awards, audience choice awards, and we wow. took it everywhere yeah. for a year and a half, made it on Spike TV. And then from there, it went to Netflix. Mm-hmm. When it aired on Netflix, uh, the two writers of the show, Glow Netflix, uh, Carly um, and Liz, watched it. They sent an email to Genji Cohen and the email said, what do you think if we did a show about female wrestling? Genji sent an email back and just said, yes. They went right into shop it and then they got picked up for the first season. Jeez. All because one person, mm-hmm. not, I mean, a small group of people wanted to do the right thing for the right reason. Right. So I never ever took any money for the work that I did. Mm-hmm. And I still don't take any money for the work that I do to promote our legacy mm-hmm. because we unlike the WWE unlike TNA unlike big promotions that have like a hall of fame or right. have access to funds this is it mm-hmm. this is it so they're helping us preserve our legacy and I want to do everything to help them is why I'm back in the studio bringing the today's cast in with the original glow yeah, girls and bridging that gap so yeah. speaking of so when uh, Fiji found you and yeah. convince you to become a wrestler. Can you kind star. of tell that that story a little? Because we we've got the short version, but I'd okay. love to hear oh. like she walked in. What happened? Oh my god. Okay, so first you have to put yourself as a 19 year old. My son's 26. I wouldn't if he ever came to me and said, "Mom, I want to be a wrestler at the age of 19." I would say, "Hell no! You're finishing school. You got You got plans, son. This is mm-hmm. not where your life's going to be." But. I was 19 years old. I had ADD. Um, I barely finished high school. I tried college, failed out of that. I had no prospects for the future. And I got a job at a t-shirt store mm-hmm. at the age of 19. And in walks Mount Fiji, this 350-pound Samoan giant, right, to have a t-shirt made for a match. Mm-hmm. And we were a t-shirt store. Mm-hmm. So she, I, you can't look at this woman and not just start a conversation. Like, right. oh, my God. Hi. <laughs> hi what, do you, what do you do? And she's like... I'm a wrestler. She was so proud. She was like, I'm a wrestler. And I do a show at the Riviera Hotel. What are you doing here? And she started asking me questions like, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And she could see something in me that I didn't see in myself. And that was she knew that there were small girls that were wrestling. She had a little Fiji that would wrestle with her. And she also knew girls were dropping like flies when they got to Vegas. I mean, we were getting hurt. And they needed girls. And I don't know if a call went out that just said, like, talk to everybody. But she looked at me and she said, you know, you don't need to be here. You could be doing what I'm doing. You should come wrestle with me at the Riviera. And I was like, wrestle you at the Riviera. Like, this is some kind of a joke. Like, are we in a cage and you eat people? (laughs) You know, that's like what I'm thinking. Like, when you're 19 and you don't really have a wrestling background, you're thinking this is some kind of a weird scary deal that's going on at the Riviera. Mm-hmm. But I knew I knew one thing, and that was I could see a look in her eye that this was w- worth my time. Like, just go down there and talk to David McLean. Here's the weird, here's what's really different about what happened to me on my journey versus what's happening today with, with new girls coming into the mm-hmm. industry, is that when I met David McLean, I went right into training. Two weeks later, I was in my first match of two that day, live match, like, I barely could do stomach wow. kicks and front rolls. 
And Entertainment Tonight was there filming. And just as I told my dad, hey, dad, who was living in Jersey, hey, dad, I'm going to be a wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) He got to see it on TV that night. Yeah, so is that crazy? When I read you only had two weeks of training, I just was like, what, uh, what are you learning? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, thank God it was Chainsaw and Spike and the Housewives that day. Because really, it was just screaming and running around in a circle and, you know, a couple stomps. Yeah. And, you know, that was that was it. But what I love about what I was able to have in my catalog is a transition of a very new wrestler into a wrestler by the end of season two, where I was doing standing drop kicks and taking really good bumps and feeling really confident in my wrestling so you can see an evolution there now in today's world for those of you who aren't um, wrestling or maybe you're thinking about getting into wrestling there there are schools mm-hmm. that Absolutely. you go to and there are like Santino Bros right yeah. like Santino Bros I love them put them over brother uh, yeah I love them and there's farm teams and then you there's developmental mm-hmm. leagues that you go into if you're getting picked up I mean you're some walk on to television unbelievable and it was like two weeks so you guys <laughs> if you learn anything from that it's be brave just well, be brave say yes and because you also come from a military background so, I mean, I think that also kind of sets yeah, you up you, for... Yeah. yeah, you know how to follow directions yeah. pretty well. Oh, my God. It was one of the reasons I survived the wrath of Matt was because, first of all, Italian, Turkish, right? I lived in a household where screaming was just a form of communication. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it true, wasn't... Though. Am I right? That's true. I mean, my my, my parents are military yeah, parents. Right, yeah, you know. that's just how it is. Yeah. yeah. So to me, no. it was just like you didn't. You have a West Indian background. My mom's British, though. Oh, she doesn't yeah, scream. That's the quiet. Oh, yeah. she's no, very polite, but she's very yeah. like yeah. dry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, girls were so sensitive. Because <laughs> Tina Ferrari, Lisa Moretti, she's Italian too. Mm-hmm. It was just like you can just you you knew who grew up in families where this is just a form of communication, yeah. and then families were like they really you were hitting buttons, and they they just. They married everything that was being said to them. And I knew, like, if you just don't talk back, right? If you can just, let's just get through the meeting and then get the hell out of here. And we're going to get paid. (laughs) We are getting paid. I made three times more as a wrestler than I did working in a t-shirt store. I just wanted to be able to show up next week. I just didn't want to get hurt. That Mm -hmm. was my thing. In, in development of like your, tell, how do you how do you come up with your character? Tell me how that works. You know, because when I when I see a lot of wrestlers, they're, they're, they they struggle to come up with their gimmick, and that literally can like make or break an entire career if you come yeah. up with the right shtick. Yeah. Like, tell me about how you your your development. I we didn't get to pick our characters. We were assigned our characters, so they knew before I even showed up, they had an idea of wouldn't it be cool if we had some girl belly dancing her way into the ring. And, um, you know, they had this idea that was she was going to be called Little Egypt, who was really a famous wrestler back in the 1800s. Not, not, not a wrestler, famous belly dancer back in the 1800s, wow. right? So she's synonymous with belly dancing. And then our writer, Steve Blance, saw me in training mm-hmm. and then went to Matt Simber and said, I found her Little Egypt. And then they just basically said, hey, do you know how to belly dance? Which I really didn't. I said, yes. <laughs> and they said, hey, we got your character. It's going to be a belly dancing little girl. And you're going to come in and you're going to seduce the men in the audience. I'm like, seduce? <laughs> I'm 19. 19. Nice. Like, I'm not seducing anybody. I mean, it's crazy. But um, but I bought, But I that was my character and I developed her and she became part of who I was. That's why I painted the Nazar on my arm mm-hmm. because I'm half Turkish, half Italian. And I wanted to like reference my heritage. So I, I put a, a Turkish Nazar on my arm. 
keeping with that theme, even now wrestlers are kind of like given mm-hmm. like a direction as far as character yeah. goes. Like, what can you say to them when, as far as like having the confidence in the, that promotion, or, or as opposed to like like kind of like meeting with them with resistance? Because like, should they just go with their character that are they're assigned, or do you feel like it's okay to try to develop your own? I think originally, if you're given something, you can make it your own. Right. Like, let's say you're you're given a heel character and it's really not something you're like you're, you're feeling confident with. Then start, you know, start dripping something else through that character. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, no one catches it anyway. So you just learn to <laughs> you just learn to develop it. Like I, I, did, I the what they envisioned for Little Egypt was not what they got. Go. What they got was my interpretation of Little Egypt as best as I could. Like mm-hmm. most. Um, most of the the good girls my size were just there to like just get slammed, and mm-hmm. I like did not want that. So I put up more resistance, right? So my 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 job is enhancement talent or whatever you want to call it right. was to um, to to not to go down swinging. Like I wasn't gonna just just take it like little Fiji did, mm-hmm. right? Like no way, no, I'm not just taking it like that. We're gonna awesome. fight it out <laughs> now. Um, there, so there was an announcement that WWE is gonna have their very first women's pay per view. Now, um, you, I, I, I believe that. you did tweet about it when the, the announcement did happen. Yeah. Um, what kind? What was your emotions and feelings? And was there like a tie-in of like the work that was put in those four years is now you know something that WWE's kind of come to realize the importance of women's wrestling? I think for, I love that they're seeing women as viable. Okay, which they honestly we were viable the whole time. Of course you okay, were. I mean we've kind of proved that back in the eighties, but it was proved in the forties. Right, <laughs> Mildred Burke was the highest paid athlete. Of exactly, that time. exactly. Of I was just going to go back that far because women were draws on a card. Mm-hmm. It was women and midgets; those were the two draws. So we pulled in audiences, but never got like never got the credit for mm-hmm. it. Now. Glow came out, and for four years, it didn't mean anything that women were viable. Now they're viable, but they were. But before the WWE pulled the trigger and said we're going to do a pay per view, long before that was Shimmer, Mm -hmm. TNA. Mm -hmm. There were other promotions. Wow, God, Wow's been around forever. Yeah, Yeah, this is like fifteen years. Yeah, so long before that, this was going on, and I'm just glad that if you can't beat them, join them. Mm Kind of attitude. That's great because they're a big influence in our industry. So when they jumped on board, they basically put their seal of approval on women in wrestling. Yeah, Did you agree with that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, we had Gail on uh, the show, and she made no bones about it that, you know, um, Impact definitely did a lot more things ahead of time. And I'm uh-huh. not going to just look at her interview. She pretty yeah. much put WWE on blast. So it's definitely – there's been a lot of stuff, and I think – with WWE, they're kind of letting everybody else test the waters. Yeah. And oh, then, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, well, now, and especially with everything that's going on beyond wrestling, the Me Too movement and, you know, yeah. women's empowerment, it's just, that it. how could you not? Like, if you thought there wasn't going to be any money from putting women in the forefront, now is the time to do it. it. Yeah. Whether you believe it or not. So, I mean, it's definitely a, a great, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. What did you think of, like, when the Naomi Glow came out before, really, the season took off? Uh, well, let me preface this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, yeah you know what I'm at. I, I, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Naomi. You know she, came into, she came into the studio. Uh-huh. Um, amazing. Her and her husband are absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
follow her religiously. Mm -hmm. Well, I follow The Rock more, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I love you, Naomi. Um, But... (laughs) And I mean nothing against her as a person. I'm talking about WWE using a segue into tying in Glow with Glow. Yeah, well, from what I got from how she started it from Total Divas is that um, she was just looking for something different. And mm-hmm. the fact that she could get, you know, the the entrance music that she can get and, and the entrance that she has is no, was bigger and better than a, all, right. a lot of the women. That's, That's her right. on the track. So, yes, yeah. her, yes her, it's her on the track and all that stuff. So she kind of looked for something that made her stand out. I don't know from what I've seen in interviews and even from watching the shows, I don't know if there was a tie-in at that time to GLOW. Now there is kind of a tie-in because the Globe, um, some of the actresses went on the show mm-hmm. and she has made references on her Instagram and stuff like that. I don't know what the origin of it hmm. was because of Glow. Um, she didn't say that she came up with the concept or was the concept she, given to her? She, she said she came up, Yeah, she yeah. said she came up with the concept, but it didn't. she never mentioned Glow. Oh, the concept okay. is more like a EDM type of lights yeah. okay. thing. Okay. thing. So I think now because Glow is popular yeah. and with the show... It's a just a natural. That's what you would think. It's yeah. a natural tie-in. Right. But from what I've seen from all her interviews and stuff like that, she never made mention to that per se. But you know, I, well, I like it. I like. I mean, I, I I like that. Like, there's they're they're trying to build a bridge mm-hmm. into what we were doing back in the '80s. So keep going. Like, yeah. don't stop. I'm not. I'm not saying I. I don't like it. I'm yeah. just interested in that, that tied in right at that point. And now you have made mention, too, as far as the women on different promotions kind of almost start at one point we're looking the same. And what I am noticing mm. is that, you know, they're starting they're, you're seeing women of different sizes, not necessarily as diverse as Glow. Right. Um, I think they're getting there. I hope they're getting there. Um, I'm seeing definitely on the indie circuit. We're seeing, you know, women of different oh, sizes, yeah. shapes, colors, all, yeah. all that stuff. So um, what are you thinking as far as that? Do you think that it's eventually going to get to a point where you're going to see, you know. Well, I think they had a shot with Karma, mm-hmm. right? I was like, what? That That's the deal. Let's get more of that. I was mm-hmm. doing the AfterBuzz Smackdown, and then I was, um, during the AfterBuzz Smackdown was when Karma was kind of big in the WWE at that mm-hmm. time. And I just was like, that's what we need to have more mm-hmm. of. Look at that. Look what she does when she comes out. Mm-hmm. People are scared. They're, and you can't just sell that. You have to be that. Mm-hmm. And to be that, you have to, like, Embrace you know, you, yeah, it. yeah you, you, it's not coming from a cookie-cutter version of that concept. Mm-hmm. It is like you are that person. And I absolutely think they need to do way more of that. I, I, I know that the bathing suit scene was the bathing suit scene mm-hmm. and then, you know, the divas and what they were doing there. And I, I'm believe me, it was great for the ones that made it. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of talent that didn't because of their size. Right. And I am an advocate for character development. One of the things that Glow did was that they showed that anyone can come into the wrestling ring and take a bump. That Characters are this was this was really and I did a, an interview with Steve Austin about mm-hmm. this too because believe it or not he's a glow fan. You, you can actually he seems I believe he's a student it. of the game. <laughs> yeah. sure. Oh my gosh, you can actually go to YouTube and he sings the glow rap with me. It was the best thing ever. He starts <laughs> spitting out the glow. Stuff. I'm like, what? Oh my god, this is great. So why I'm saying that is because people that are in the know about character development, refer to GLOW and the work that we did as the perfect example of if you're going to build a character, you've got to start with being all in with Mm -hmm. that character. And you can't, like, Mm. you you can't 
you know, be mean one day, good girl. You just you gotta you've just gotta do it and mm. own it and live it. And that's why when I'm in the wrestling industry or when I'm talking to people who've ever done wrestling or or advocates of wrestling, call me Little Egypt. Mm-hmm. I'm still Little Egypt, even though I'm not in the ring anymore. Mm-hmm. I am still that character till I die, right. and that's the way we feel about our characters. It's, it's well, that's a, what WWE actually tries to prevent. Like, if you go to their performance center, they do not want you to already have a character. They don't want you to show up in your gear. They want you to give a promo in normal clothes. They tend to prefer athletes. So, like, they literally start from a palette wipe. Like, they want to just Mm -hmm. fill you with a character, which is the exact opposite of what you're saying. Yeah, and it's, like, movies, like, wrestling, everything, like, people care about characters. Yeah. Um, Before the wrestling, it's awesome when you can wrestle. Let's be honest. Like, you have to get in the ring and perform. but. Your character, when you care about the character, you almost don't even give a damn what they do in the ring. Right. You're like, this person's awesome. Yeah. That and like, and I think we're getting away from that. And like, especially WWE, which I love, but they're they're getting away from amazing characters. You know what I mean? And the ones that are are over, they have like a they have a shtick, especially with the women. Yeah. They 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 write you guys still terribly. As even a lot of promotions do, like you know, they're you're angry and you guys are doing like you're mad at each yeah. other and then you know what I mean? Just like a pillow fight. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I'm like, it's they, like have you, you met women? Like seriously. Like, <laughs> There's so much, and yeah. like, and I think that gets lost in the shuffle. That's why I think it took so long for people to latch on to this this woman's evolution thing because mm. they're they're not there's no women characters. They're not there's not a storyline for That's women. A good point. And when they're when you get one, you're like, oh, okay, damn, okay, this is a yeah. thing. This is yeah. And they're building it, and they're getting their patient with it, and they're taking time, yeah. and it's growing. You're like, oh, okay, I, I give a shit about yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. One yeah. of the things that worked for Glow, we had an hour to develop that behind the scenes understanding of that personality before they even entered the ring. That's mm-hmm. what Nanuchka with her phone calls to Vladimir, you know, California doll with her doot, doot, doot. You mm-hmm. knew that she was stupid when she got in the ring, right? Because right? that promo helped her do that. Yeah. yeah. When Tina was, you know, when Amy was writing letters to home, the way she wrote her letters, you mm-hmm. knew that she was a farm girl. So mm-hmm. so that that's missing. And it's mm-hmm. obviously they don't have the same luxury of time that we had at that moment when we were wrestling in the 80s so maybe that's a big component but i think more of that to help promote the character remember piper's pit do you remember like back in back in the 80s like they were doing it it was it was going on we just need more of that so do you think it's because it's a combination of the 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 pc culture because i mean a lot of the stuff Mm. glow ww a lot of the stuff in the 80s and early 90s you look back at it back at it and you understand for the those who don't get angry at everything for those the folks who watch it it's like this was the time right and now it's just like people are getting offended by Everything. everything and so do you think the writers um for women in particular do you think they're just they're just trying to want to kind of be safe Girl, do you remember it? that whole thing with the with the Naya. what's his name Maha, the Maharaja yeah, where they I'll, tried to make Indians bad guys with bar grenades but I was I don't know that we're man. away from that no, no but I was I, yeah, but I, still I know what you mean complaining about that and, and I, yeah they were, yeah, they were complaining yeah. about Shinsuke and they remember and, the body shaming thing though yeah. I couldn't believe they did that I was like what what like they had like Alexa yeah. Bliss body shaming Nia Jackson I was like well so my and, my, mm, I think my, my question is do you point. think that there should be you know women well I think there I I don't know if there are women writers in the writing room. There's no way. I don't think so. Every time they've shown a a video of the writer's room, I don't see any back I just need one. Just give me one woman in there writing for women. Just give me one. That's cool. (laughs) There should be. Actually, I was was just at lunch with Matt Simber before I came here. We spent two hours, and he brought up, he had said, because we were talking about character development Mm -hmm. and the characters, and he said something to me which really made a lot of sense. He goes, "You you can take it as far as 
you can till they start losing their smile. Mm-hmm. You just got to mm-hmm. know where that is, where their smile stops. So yeah. it's funny up to the point that the smile goes mm-hmm. away. What is that in today's culture? Maybe it's not that as far as it was in the 80s, yeah. but there is, there's there's got to be an opportunity there. Yeah, because you see it, I'm assuming, did you watch the whole season of Glow 2? Absolutely, okay, yeah. Just, yeah. So you see it in, in the season of Glow 2 where, if you guys haven't watched it, I don't know what to tell you, but when... Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't know. Uh, I know. Um, so essentially, they get to the point where, you know, it's, um, oh my gosh, Kia Stevens' character, she's in the ring and her yeah. son's out there watching yeah. her and... You know she feels it, and then eventually she runs off. She runs out of the ring, and now people have turned on Liberty Bell. Yeah. So I mean, I guess maybe there we we can. I I don't even know what the answer is. It just seems like the, yeah. the, the PC culture is too too far. And obviously, yeah. you can't go back to the '80s where it's just no. you know offensive. Yeah. So it's like you have to kind of find that perfect yeah. medium. But for women in particular, it just feels like there's just there's just something missing where it's not yeah. clicking. Like I'm tired of seeing because they need best a woman in there up, though. Yeah, and then they come back together, and then they hug it out, and then they break up. It's just give me give me one woman like consultant. I don't care if she's like on the outside of the writers' room, yeah. it's like peeking in every night. I'm like, okay, let's no, let's not do that. Let's well, do that. I mean, one just of the things something. that prevents a stereotype is having multiple types of women mm-hmm. not just your token 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 because mm-hmm. that's where you do run into the stereotypes that will bump up against what you know you're referring to as PC culture if you have one asian and she's the asian character <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you're going to have that problem but if you have four five six asian women and one of them is Asuka with her big robe and right. her mask and everything, then it's no longer a, a PC issue because right. that's just her. It's not a statement about her race. Mm-hmm. So I think it all does come back it's to true. time, yeah. giving the women the time. That's that's what they need. The like, and, yeah. and just maybe like just a different direction besides yeah. the, the breakup, breakup thing. Yeah. So thing. are you, I'm guessing you're for WWE kind of doing, uh, the, the rumors have kind of been they're going to have their own women's show. No way. Oh, that's, absolutely. That's been, that's been kind of the rumors. It's been... And I think this this pay per view is going to be like kind of like their their test. Isn't there like Total Divas kind of like their own women's show? No, like, but I mean like straight, like re- like wrestling. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a re- like Total a, Divas is oh, more reality. They're going to see if they're going to a, a woman wrestling they're, show. They're, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, that would be awesome. That would be awesome, yeah. and I and so they're testing to see if it's viable. That's what we. That's what we. That's right? what we. That's, that's that's so. Here's the thing. Nice. So our show, we have this kind of thing where um, when people come on the show as guests, they yeah. usually tell us what they want. And, you know, it sometimes happens. We have, you know, a few guests on the show who uh, went on to the Mae Young Classic. They got signed to different promotions, stuff like that. So usually we kind of have our, you know, finger on the pulse as far as things that are happening. So I think that's kind of what they might be testing for. Because now with WWE, I feel like they have so many women that are kind of in NXT, in Raw, in in SmackDown, in development that... There's not enough. We're only seeing, you know, of course, I've said it before, like, we're only seeing Trinity, like, you know, not as often as we yeah. used to two years ago. And they have a whole channel to fill. Exactly. Frankly, they got all the time they need. Yeah. I love it. So, I mean, I Bitchin'. think that's that would be, that, and especially with Glow and Netflix and the documentary and yeah. all that stuff. I think it would be a good time. Yeah, it would be definitely a good time to kind of test it out. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. One, because I want to see women working, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I know that the hardest thing for the last 10 years has been, like, how much time can we get? Mm-hmm. And and now, if you're taking away the restrictions of time, and you're going to see the character development you want to see, that's going to be awesome. Now, have you been in any talks, or has anybody from WWE talked to you as far as, far as you know consulting, or has there you know any talks with any people at, in the WWE division? 
I have friends there, but no one's ever approached me with, hey, what do you think of this idea? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they do have Tina Ferrari, mm-hmm. you know, so they got a Hall of Famer. Right. That's a glow girl, so I can't see why they wouldn't go to her first. Uh, but call me anytime. Yeah. I mean, I'm available. Like, <laughs> it seems I'm happy like you to have with the, you. your pulse on as far as character. Yeah. Like, it, I, I've heard you yeah. in different interviews talk about, like, the importance of it. Yeah. And then Absolutely. also not being, you know, just the okay, she looks pretty and she can kind of sort of wrestle. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, that would definitely be a, a good idea. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you guys know where to find me. Yeah. I'm all over social media sh- at Little Egypt. Our show is magical, so thank <laughs> you. I'll let you know if I get a call. So, um, any predictions? I don't know if you can kind of break it, but any predictions as far as Glow Season 3? It hasn't been, I don't think, has Season 3 been announced yet? Mm-mm. So, of course, it's going to happen. It will. It's set up. It's Turns out, do- it was one of the top three shows that they've had, um, in season, I think, was it season one that was one of the top three shows mm-hmm. last year? And then obviously, you don't, I don't know why you would get 10 Emmy nods without some Trust type me. of a. That, like, that, that's like holds a lot of weight. Yeah, it does, <laughs> right? And then their first season, they had 11 million viewers. So that's pretty strong yeah. to be Huge. one of the top three shows. Orange is the New Black, which is the same executive producer, mm-hmm. 18 million viewers. So for your first season to have 11 million, that's pretty awesome, right? Yeah. I love it. I think predictions for season three, you obviously know they're going to Vegas. Mm-hmm. What I'd love to see is uh, the Mark Marin character, Sam Silva, go into a deep, dark hole because Las Vegas in the 80s was when you just um, snorted your way. You know, right? They do and, that right now. Right, yeah. they're still doing it, right? <laughs> and whatever happens in Vegas, yeah, right? Yeah, stays in Vegas. And he just um, lost his daughter, so yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And then I would love to see more of what it would be like for us when we were there. It was like we were running barefooted through the hotels. It was like a playground for us. We, so we got cool. buffet tickets to eat in the buffets. That's so we cool. had to oh, the dream. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> so we'd be up in the buffet, and there'd be chains on Spike. And even though, like, I wasn't, I'm not allowed to go sit with them at their table because kayfabe, we're supposed to be in character. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of snarl at each other, and I'd take my plate over here, and they'd take their plate over there. And then Mount Fiji would come in, and, <laughs> and she'd sit with the good girls, and we'd be like, yeah, we got Mount Right, and we had, but I mean, we ate there three times a day. Oh my god, all we ate was that damn buffet food. Crazy. Now, if you can like just strip away everything, you know, you didn't get injured, any of that stuff. Uh, are there top five people of yesterday and today? Uh, who would you want to wrestle? Who do you want to be a match with? Wow, that's a great question. It is male or female, yeah, man. Oh, male or female, male or female. Well, a Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think, would be fun. That would be kind of yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'd love to wrestle him. That would be so fun. Because I think we would have a funny match because mm-hmm. he's a funny guy. He's yeah. really, really funny. I know he would come up with something crazy. Uh, then I think probably I definitely wouldn't want to be with Moolah. Um, she would kill me, and I know mm-hmm. that she doesn't think anything's funny, so that would be not the person. But maybe someone like, I don't know, China. You know, I think China would be really cool. Definitely a big person, because that would be really cool. And Mm -hmm. then I don't know that that, that's all. China and Steve Austin, yeah. Like that, like what that. about you? Give me, give me two right now. Oh, Ooh. oh, uh, no yeah. one's ever asked. That um, well, for you guys who do, I, obviously The Rock for obvious reasons. Bobby, oh. Bobby Lashley. Are we wrestling him? <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Bobby Lashley. We'll throw that in. <laughs> he's, pinning, he's pinning her, and Jesus like touching his um, back. Um, like, why aren't you kicking out? Today? He's like, I don't, I don't want to kick fine. out. Natalia. I think I have like a Canadian on Canadian kind of thing. Ah. Um, Trish, well, Trish, no Trish. 
Yeah, Trish is Trish is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I almost want to have. We had just so many. So I'm from Canada, as I say a billion times. Mm-hmm. Um, I like almost have like a Canadian like women's like thing, nice. like where you go up against to Pretty discover cool. who is the best Canadian, Canadian wrestler, <laughs> yeah. and then you have the face that runs like how um, Kevin Owens had the face that ran the place, even though he's. Canadian as well, which I loved. Like, I have that, where it's like, they have all the Canadian wrestlers wrestle each other, and then they take the notch, and then they're the American face that runs the place, even though it was just a bunch of Canadians wrestling each other. (laughs) And they have a whole bunch of Canadians on the roster, too. There's just so many. Um, But, we have a little segment where it is like a... What did we call it last time? I forgot the name of it. Hot tag. Hot tag, yes. Thank you. Um, we're going to ask you a bunch of questions. Well, not a bunch, <gasps> just a few questions. Okay. First um, thought. Like fire, you're going to say whatever comes to your mind. <laughs> okay, go. All right. So, always early or always late? Always late. Early. Last person you text? Matt Simber. Uh, what is the one thing that you really love about yourself? Driven. Uh, celebrity you want to meet? Um... <laughs> I, mean, I, just like, I, I was gonna say Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's he's like the number one celebrity right there. Is he a celebrity? I would say so. Last show you binge watched? Oh my god, I'm binge watching it right. Now. Well, the last show I officially binge watched was Outlander, and I'm currently watching uh, Games of Thrones. Okay. Uh, guilty pleasure? <gasps> Cheesecake. If you were a crayon, what color would you be? Pink. And if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? Riviera buffet. The buffet. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> seriously. The Riviera buffet. As long as I can stay there during an unlimited period of time, because that would be my exit strategy. Okay. All right. Uh, well, uh, what are we gonna do? She won't leave the buffet. <laughs> I'm just here eating. Uh, so, uh, Mister, uh, I want to call you Chocolate City. <laughs> no, that's my joint right there. That's that's one of my favorite tracks right are you there. Serious? Yeah, Roger Troutman. All right, you Roger you is that something for us? I need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the call to action. You know what I'm talking about, TK. Hey, after buzzers. Our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows from dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. There's no network that works harder to serve tele- te- television fans. They glare like hit the uh, words. Right no, no, <laughs> but we need your help. <laughs> We're asking that you please subscribe to one, one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you and help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about those pesky notifications, don't be because they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for the channel and check out our AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did in the comments, and we'll thank you on air, like my man Johan Pena and Bosa, and you know Star the, Drew, Star Drew, the whole the whole lot. <laughs> for for now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. And yeah, what are we without that star of the week? We're nothing without it, to be honest with you. We're nothing. It's true. Star of the week. Our Women's Wrestling Star of the Week is Zaya Brookside, a participant just announced for the 2018 May Young Classic. The 19-year-old is the daughter of Robbie Brookside, a British pro wrestling legend who currently works as a trainer at NXT. Zaya first debuted in 2014 as a valet, making her in-ring debut a year later uh, at All-Star Pro Wrestling in a tag team match, putting her against El Liguero and uh, Kaylee Ray. So Kaylee Ray is another one of my favorite wrestlers. We're going to talk about her more eventually. Uh, and Sammy D. Now, if my math is right, that means I think she was 16 when she debuted, which I feel like would be illegal in America, but whatever. Um, I'm also 90% sure she is the youngest May Young Classic participant, although she has more experience than other participants who are older than her. So 
So since her debut, she's wrestled women such as Ginny, Mary Apache, Tony Storm in places like Stardom Japan, Rise, Sky- and uh, Scotland's ICW. Oh. She also, the first time I saw her, was wrestling Joey Ryan at Bar Wrestling out here in California. Yeah. Um, she already has held two championships, and uh, I think she's headed for more greatness. Our recommended match is Zaya Brookside versus Rachel Ellering, which you can find on YouTube. The match really shows off both women as the technical grappling wrestlers that they are. Awesome sauce. So our poll of the week is... Who would you? Who do you think will win out? Win in an all-out match? So you have Globe Old, Ooh. Globe New, or Wow. So you guys uh, vote on our Instagram, Twitter, all that's good stuff. That's a hell of a poll question right there. That's the best yeah. poll question of the show right there. That's a good one. Thank you. You know, to end the show. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Little EJ. Thank you, Little that's EJ. So much fun. Thank appreciate you for giving me a platform. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. we, we definitely appreciate you coming on the, yeah. coming on yeah. the show. And, yeah. you know, like I said, we are we are a magical show. So we'll, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. Come to your life. Now, where can people find you? Sure. Okay. All social media at Little Egypt. And then you can always explore my website at AngelinaAltitian.com. And then Care to Wear a Glow t-shirt, you can go to Pro Wrestling Tees backslash Little Egypt. And I believe on your Facebook page, too, um, or your fan Facebook page, they have everything, like diff- different interviews from Glow. Oh, my gosh. Like yeah. That. Yeah. I'm kind of using my Facebook page as a as a library of all sorts. Of, so if you really want to go down that Glow rabbit hole, if, you ha- if you've seen the documentary, you still want more Glow. Go find me on Facebook at Glow Little Egypt, and then just start exploring the albums. You'll have so much fun. And then uh, Miss Sarah the Rebel, where can they find you? You can find me everywhere at Sarah the Rebel. Evan, don't you do it. I'll smack you from across the table. Sarah the Rebel. Sarah's an H, as God in the Bible intended. You can find me uh, also on Ko-Fi, ko-fi.com slash Sarah the Rebel, where you can donate money to me to buy a coffee. Oh, yeah, I have that, too. I think oh, it's TK such a copy. Oh, yeah. You can just ask people for money. Isn't that crazy? I know. I, I, you can literally buy somebody a coffee. Yeah. Or they can just keep the money. Yeah. I want them to keep the money. Yeah, you just I, you tell you now they know. Yeah, Damn. yeah. yeah that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I mean nobody's bought me coffee yet, but just you know, it's there. Somewhere, it's somewhere there. I've gotten some tea. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Where can they find you, America's chocolate sweetheart? Yes, um, Evan T. Mac, Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'll let your boy. Please. Short, short and sweet. Um, so don't forget to subscribe. Um, After Buzz uh, TV Wrestling and Sports. Also follow us on Twitter, WPW Weekly, on Instagram, Women's Wrestling Weekly. Um, also iTunes, five stars. Don't give us anything less. Um, I have been reading the comments on our YouTube page. Amazing. Everybody really loved that uh, Chris Wolf interview. We did. So, um, well, yeah, you know. So other, <laughs> other than that. I talked to her at bar. She says, let's do it again sometime. She's so awesome. We oh, no. Well, I mean. Two. Like I said, season two is going to be amazing. We have some things kind of coming down the pipes. Um, I almost want to fast forward to the end of season two because we have a... She can't tell you. Stuff. (laughs) It's going to be stuff. This person's not Canadian, so just, you know, you know. But, you know, we'll work on it. Other than that, you can find me on everything at TK Trinidad. Um, This is the end of season two. We might have a little, like, bonus episode where you guys get to ask the host questions. um, And that will be live. Um, So you can, you know, write in, type in. You can send pictures. So we'll give you all those details on our social media and all that good stuff. Other than that, we will see you guys next week. Ciao. From executive producers Kevin Undergaro, Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, 
Producer TK Trinidad and me, Mark Donica, your voice of AfterBuzz TV Wrestling. We ask you to rate and comment on iTunes, subscribe to AfterBuzz Wrestling on YouTube, and find us on all social media. Thank you for watching Women's Pro Wrestling Weekly. See you next week. <laughs>